denied. I'm taking this in the date. I just hope the bus don't break down again, Danny. I think we got her fixed this time, Heather. We're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night. Everybody, the Reeves brothers are back. Hey, 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 what's up? Y'all, come on in and sit a spell. Oh, we got stories today. We got big stories. We had to dig deep into the vault to get to this one because we've been giving y'all like good ones. And you know what? Our cousin Kim told us, we haven't brought Kim up, but she said, don't just go giving out all them good stories immediately. And we started kind of doing that. Got to save them back. We got to save them back. She also said there's no way you've ran out of stories yet, which we haven't. Tonight, we, we haven't. We came up with one we had never thought of to even, because we don't find it quite as interesting as the rest of uh, the people do. Uh, so we don't think about them as being crazy stories. But we did, we got to talking about this, and we're like, ah, we think that people enjoy it. So we want to, we're going to mention our, later what this thing's about. But first, Matt, tell them. Oh, y'all, we want to remind you one more time that if you enjoy the show and you like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers and choosing one of our monthly packages. Or go over and leave a review. Just get on whatever you listen to to our podcast on and, and write a review because that, that helps out a lot. Yeah, big time in the algorithm. It gets us over there into new people's, you know, their their playlist and things like that. If if they don't want to do that, Matt, what should they do? I'll tell you what they should do. They should just tell one person about the podcast. Just one. Just one, y'all. It's not going to kill you. No, it ain't going to kill you, and it helps us out so much. Word of mouth is the best way to spread something. I've That's said it I've before. Heard. Okay? I know I have. And I'm probably drilling it into the ground, but damn it, Tough Coat does the best job at spraying bedliners custom tumbler cups you've seen those new stanley cups that everybody like i said last episode you know the girl sitting next to you at the gym she's running on the treadmill or she's on the stair climb or the elliptical and she's got that cute little dandy stanley cup yeah uh-huh well that's what my buddies over at tough coat are doing yeah our friends over there are hooking it up on the custom tumbler cups they do waterproofing they do spray in bed liner but let me tell you what the custom tumbler cups those are cool yeah, uh, you can get them uh, with any logo you want on them. You can even get a Reeves Brothers Brothers of the Road podcast cup that they're making. If you go over and visit toughcoatbentonville.com, you'll probably have better luck if you just call them. Their number is 479-715-6039. That's 479-715-6039. And uh, just let them know what you're looking to do. And they will make sure and hook it up because they've hooked it up for us. If it wasn't for them, this podcast would be no more. So thank you, Tough Coat, and make sure and go over and check them out. Tell them the Reese Brothers sent you. That's right. Tough Coat, the finest in the nation. Y'all, today I'll tell you what we're going to get involved in. Tell them. I'm going to tell them. We're going to get involved in the thing that we like to refer to as the Midwest Tour. It was our very first time going up to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. and uh, Should have been our last. It really. Sh- we were just crazy it enough to do it been. a couple more times. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to dive deep into all the mishaps and adventures that took place between Cole Reeves, our road manager, Henry, 
our buddy Nate Wong and, and myself. I can't wait any longer. Cue the music. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an Airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The The Brothers Brothers of of the the Road. road. All right, y'all. The year was probably about 2014. That's what I'm thinking. It's two, 2013 or 2014. Oh, it's 2013 because uh, I was living in Nevada. Cole was we not. Cole was not. Cole journey. was not living in Arkansas where we were at at the time. He was about playing music in in Nevada. And uh, when the start of the story really began, Matt was working at a music store, and yeah. I was working at a tanning salon. And Matt loved prank call me. Him and his buddies over there, like uh, a guy named Todd and Tyler. Uh, God bless Tyler. He is no longer with us. No, he isn't. Tyler passed away. He He was was a good good people. Uh, They would sit around, and sometimes they would call me, and they would mess with me. So I'm cleaning a tanning bed. I'll never forget. It was tan two in Rogers, Arkansas, ultimate tan number two. We've mentioned our cousin Boudreaux before, bud, uh, tanning guru, mogul. Yeah, that's that's that was one cousin. of his like fifteen tannin salons. Yes. Cole was running over there, and I and he put me in charge of working over there. And I was cleaning bed number twelve. I'll never forget it when my cell phone rings from a random number, and it's this guy. I'm leaving names out, but the, he says his name and he says he's looking for a bass player. I tell him, "Good for you." He goes, no, for real, How, uh, what Merle Haggard songs do you know? And he's talking in his real country twangy accent. What Merle Haggard songs do you know? Well, I'm being real arrogant because I'm thinking it's Matt and Todd and Tyler and they've put somebody up to call me. And I go, listen, man, let's make it short and sweet and just ask me the ones I don't know. And he's like, uh, okay. Uh. I said, man, I know all the Merle Haggard songs. Well, you know, Throw something out. Next question. And he goes, well, would you want to come to North Dakota with me? And what did the gig pay? I don't know. It was like $700 for the two nights for the weekend, tell you which what, was big money. A whole lot of rhinestone coats, if you know what I mean. Uh, I thought, there ain't no way in the world this is real. It's definitely them screwing with me. So I go, you know what, man? I'm pretty content here at the tanning salon. I'm going to be working that weekend. So uh, thanks, but no thanks. So he hired, he hangs up for me. He had already been over to the music store, and I had. He said, "Hey, I'm looking for a drummer and a bass player." And I said, "Well, I happen to do a little drumming, and my brother he plays bass." And he was like, "Well, would you want the gig?" And I said, "Yeah, hell, for seven hundred dollars for two nights, yeah, I want the gig." And uh, he said, "Well, I'll call your brother," and that was the phone call. And so I had already committed to the gig, and Cole thought I was jacking around with him. And Matt ends up having to go to North Dakota with this guy and his band that he's never met before. And it was me. it was a time, ladies and gentlemen. I showed up down to Huntsville, Arkansas, and he had a the van that we were traveling to North Dakota in on this guy's tour was a van that he had just bought at a prison auction. It was a it was a old like 1988 econo line that they had transported prisoners in around huntsville arkansas and so 
going down, I don't know, midway there, all of a sudden smoke starts billowing inside of this, like, this eco- econo line. And, e. coli. E. coli. And this guy is like, I, I don't know what's going on back here. I mean, if I, we're going to have to pull this thing over and figure out what's happening. And somehow there was an exhaust leak in the midst of this econo line van. Anyway, I digress. We made it to the gig, and it was the middle. It was right, I can tell you when it was, whatever time of year that they caught Osama bin Laden when they killed him. Because I remember coming home from the gig, and it was like breaking news that Osama bin Laden had been killed. I think it was it was like March. It must have been March. And we got up there in... They told us, they said, you either got to leave tonight. We had been up there two nights. And they said, you either have to leave tonight and go home or you're going to be stuck here a while because there's a blizzard coming. And so drunkenly, the lead singer of this group was, he disappears. He vanishes. After they tell us that, well, some other like little bachelorette party had hired him and the guitar player to go upstairs to their hotel room and perform a private concert. And they didn't want to split any of that money, so they just went and did it. Lord While the snow was, was pouring down up there. Yeah, it was bad. Anyway, so he drunkenly drove us halfway home, swerving all over the road, and scared me half to death. And by the time I got out of that ride, I was like, this ain't never happening again. I'm not doing it again. But what I did learn is how much money that everybody was getting paid. And I thought, hell, if he can make this much money, I mean. So can I. So can I. And so I went and I found his list of venues, and I started calling them all to get gigs up there. Well, this place up in South Dakota, this casino out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't even know where it was. I just I just knew we got a gig. They were like, hey, we'll we'll pay you all to come up here. So so I get the gig, and uh, I call up Cole. Well, not just that gig. We get numerous gigs. I mean, it's it's becoming something by the time Matt calls me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because our manager Steve Martinez was like, "Listen, we're going to make this a little run. You're not just up here all the time, so you've got this anchor date, these two days at the casino that are going to pay you money, and then let's book a couple more places so you can start spreading your name." And and so the first night was in Lincoln, Nebraska, right across from a place called the Zoo Club. Oh yeah, which is where we should have been playing, but. We were not playing the zoo club. We were playing some other place next to the zoo club, and nobody was there. First night of the tour, if I may, was actually that sheriff election party uh, at the Moose Lodge there in Rogers, if you remember. I flew in, and we played that. Nate, you and me, played there. Yeah. Uh, Cole was having to fly in because he owed me $600 on on a Telecaster guitar, and instead of him paying it, he was just like, I'll fly back in and pay off my debt. Yeah, well, yeah, I I, le- I gave him 600 bucks when I left in Nevada, when I moved. I was 18 in 2013. I just turned 18, and I got a gig in Nevada for six months. And I told Matt, I'm going to need me a good guitar for this gig. I said, you want to sell your 1952 reissue Fender Telecaster? And Matt goes, I'll sell it to you. So... I asked him how much. He says 1200 I said, I got 600 bucks. I'll have to pay you the rest later. Well, he gets this gig, and Matt calls me and goes, you want to pay this gig off? You want to pay this Telecaster off? You come play these gigs for me. So I get a ticket for 150 bucks, plane ticket. 
I fly in, and we start the road trip. We start the road trip, and at that time we had a buddy named Henry. That uh, Henry was a he was a glass blower, mm-hmm. and he made he made all sorts of things. He made slides, he made pipes, he made just you name it. Henry it was glass, he made it. He could blow it, and he loved us. And he was buddies with Stephen Martinez and all of us. And he said, hey, man, I'll go out there because Stephen couldn't leave his restaurant. He owned a place called the Hard Luck Cafe at the time. And he couldn't leave his restaurant. And so Henry told Stephen, he said, hey, man, if you need somebody to go out here and help road manage these guys, I'd I'd more than happily do it. That's Yeah. And we get out on the road with Henry, and Henry goes, here's the thing. In order for me to make a little money on this trip so I got money to eat, can we stop at some of these glass shops and let me sell my pipes to them? Yeah, the head shops. The head shops. So we every sure. in between on our road trips, we would stop at these head shops, and he'd sell his pipes to them. And uh, so he could make money to eat. We only had one cigarette lighter, and all four of us, yeah, all four of us were smoking. And that was the joke, that we made that whole tour. When we got home, the cigarette lighter was still with us. Yeah, and we barely had enough money to smoke. Well, yeah. I remember I remember Henry had that uh, vapor that had the menthol syrup in it. Uh-huh. I'd never seen a vapor before until he had one. And we all were were smoking that smoking that vapor cigarette. And we had a I mean we had a ball. Matt almost I thought Matt almost had a heart attack in a fight in uh Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm. Cuz somebody was trying to save his life cuz we were on a one-way street going the wrong way and this lady goes no, we were, turn, we, were, we were turning onto a one-way, and this lady saw us next to us in the straight, going straight lane. She honks at Matt about 14 times, and Matt doesn't realize what's I, going I on. I thought she wanted me to get out of her way. Matt screams every fro- profanity that he's ever heard. In my life. At this lady. And Nate Wong thought I was <laughs> screaming at him. Because Matt looks all of a sudden and starts screaming at this person and pointing it, and he's pointing at Nate. But Nate doesn't realize he anything's even going on next in the car over from us. Oh, uh, I wish Nate Wong was here for this episode. Oh, he would be like, I've never heard the language that came out of that man's oh. mouth. I mean, he was actually befuddled uh-huh. at, the, at the amount of language that you... That's bar none one of the hottest temperament times I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and the lady is just trying to save him. Yeah, I'm getting in a massive And then massive as, as we go down the one way and all these cars are coming, I irk. And the woman comes up next. She's like, I was just trying to help you. And I was like, yeah, I bet you were. I bet. <laughs> Matt was still <laughs> still mad at her. Uh, so, yeah, we we played that. The casino was about the weirdest place I've ever played. Let's, no, don't get to the casino yet. Let's get to that other random weird-ass coffee shop thing that yeah, in Sioux Falls. the people there were nice. They were super nice, and they all kind of talked like this. Don't you know? Remember, we kind of were like, oh, yeah, it's like we're up in Canada, eh? Oh, yeah, and they said we sold them our merch there. They bought every piece of merch. There was only about four of them. There was nobody at the show. Uh-uh. It was just the employees we played for, and they bought every piece of merch we brought, like, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like, every, we, if we they had CDs, it. they bought four of them. If we had T-shirts, they bought four of them. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, they felt bad for us because I think they gave us like $50 or something. Yeah, there was not a whole lot of money in that. The the gig, the money gig was a casino. Yeah. We played Lincoln, we played the coffee shop, and then did we play one more place? And no. Then, no. No, we went right Oh, that's right. We played two nights in Watertown. Yeah. 
We made it up to Watertown, and this casino up there is out in the middle, really, of a, of a field. Mm-hmm. And it's like amber waves of grain up there because there is nothing around other than this big casino. And uh, the show... The the showroom up there is actually not near as nice as the lounge. The oh, showroom is just is like nice. a uh, just an old beat down looking kind of conference hall thing. Remember Matt, the sound man? Oh, I remember Matt. This man let us do a four hour show without touching the light system. And the last song of the night was Rhinestone Cowboy. And I'll never get like a Rhinestone Cowboy. Boom, boom. And when he go boom, boom, I mean, it was like a light show hit the stage. And we about fell down laughing because this guy hadn't touched a light the entire time. And all as I could see, he was in a balcony up there running the lights. And all as I could see is him just shooting me a thumbs up and smiling. And if you ever saw this man smile, he had a hell of a smile. He did. He did. Matt was good people. He was. He, he, Matt was good the person. best guy up there. He was like the only. He was the only nice person in there. South Dakota yep. in this town that treated us nice. The people at Pizza Ranch. They did not. They, they acted were like that we were absolutely insane for coming in there to eat food at their venue. They actually, They asked us, what do you want? We were at the hostess stand. Waiting to be seated. Well, there was a sign that says, wait to be seated. Please wait to be seated. We're waiting there, and the lady walks up and goes, what do you want? And we looked, and one of us goes, to eat. <laughs> and she's like, uh, uh, okay, follow me. And so we got our pizza. It was good pizza. I liked the pizza, but yeah. the people weren't very friendly. No, no. We, we Googled it, and we were like, why are people in South Dakota so weird? And there there is actually forums online about the oddness of people that they are just don't in want you there. South Dakota. No, no, and the, the the lounge there that we played was more like a showroom. It probably set three to five hundred people, and out of that three to five hundred people, we maybe had between twelve to eighteen people in that huge, massive showroom. And they weren't friendly either. They didn't clap. They would stand on the dance floor, and in between songs, they wouldn't clap. They would just stare up at you. The and one lady got into a massive ordeal with us because she wanted us to start doing ACDC. Oh, that was that was that wasn't that. Well, that wasn't that trip. No. But I'm just talking about the people at this point. Uh, now, this trip th- that we were on the first time, they actually. I was in the shower, <laughs> taking a shower the next morning. Out the Sunday, we played Friday and Saturday night. They would give you a room each night, and if you remember, was it Nate Wong that got the all black room? Uh. No, Kelly. Got oh, that was the Kelly. That was that the was next one trip. Of the okay. Next trips. Uh, okay. Uh, backtrack here. We each got a room, and checkout time is eleven. Yeah, at eleven oh one. Now, folks, I've stayed at many motels and hotels in my day, and I've never. I mean, I've had the maids knock. You know, it usually before checkout, but. At 11 o'clock, I was in the shower, just about to get out, and I heard a knock on my bathroom door, and I thought it was Matt, so I was like, whatever. I get out of the shower, and it was a good thing that I had taken my clothes off in the bathroom the night before when we got done with our show, because they came into my hotel room, packed my bag, put all my belongings in my duffel bag, and had it waiting at the front desk. I went downstairs, I go... Somebody took everything out of my room. 
And she goes, oh, yeah, we've got your bag right here. And hands me my duffel bag that they packed for me while I was in the shower. That was how weird this place was. It was the only casino. Well, we've gr- we grew up in, in Nevada, and everything's 24 hours out there. I have never seen a casino where restaurants and a casino shut down, and they shut down at like 6 o'clock. I mean, there ain't even a place to get a snack. No, you can't get a snack there. After 11 o'clock, the restaurant shuts down at 6, and then there was like a little deli, deli that thing. shut down at like 11 Yeah, there, and there was nothing. I don't think we nothing ever else. ate at the restaurant. No. No, because we we started uh, at an odd time that we weren't able to. Yeah, and it would be like not open during the day, I feel like, or something. It was a very, very was odd hours. place. Uh-oh. And so we did we did finally make it back and and then we ended up getting booked there again. And this time Cole Cole did not go on that second run. I don't know if Kelly did. You and Kelly, I think, stayed and played at the Cat House. Yep. Because I had a gig at the Cat House. Okay, so between that gig and the next time we went, we turned into the Reeves Brothers from separate bands. Yeah. And half of us, so the band at that time was the Reeves Brothers, and it was Matt and I, Kelly Bishop, and Nate Wong. So Matt books a gig there because it was good money. And they just randomly called me up. This had been a year and a half after we'd played there. And I I was like, I ain't never calling this place up again. They're they're it's too weird up there and it's a long haul and and it ain't it ain't near as much money as I thought it would be. Well they call Matt. Matt takes a gig and we already had a gig booked in Eureka Springs, Arkansas that night. So Matt goes, You go up to Eureka Springs and bill yourself as the Reeves brothers and I'm gonna go down here. And do the same. And we'll and just you split keep our half money. the band. And whatever you make, we'll split. And whatever I make, we'll split. And we'll all make a little money off this weekend. So I kept Kelly to play bass with me. And Matt kept Nate to play drums with him. I got a drummer. Matt got a bass player. And we went separate ways for the weekend. We now, I don't know what happened on I your didn't trip. have Nate. I had Todd Bohannon. That's right. Nate had Nate already left. moved back to Hong Kong at this point. Todd was in the band. And I have no clue who I took to play. I took Pat Harris. To play bass. Pat Harris went to South Dakota? Yeah, he did. I forgot about that. Patrick wow. Harris was a gentleman that he was a he was a preacher. Yeah. He, he still does some preaching and stuff. Great he guy. also worked at Walmart. And any time that we asked Pat to go, he would find a way to go. Yeah. Oh, if we needed him right now, he'd find a way to be. Uh-huh. He's that kind of guy. Truly a great A human being. And, uh, yeah, he would he always help always us there out. for us. And so we, we load up in another rented... Nissan Altima. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's a whole other bag of stories. Yeah, yeah. Before they quit letting me rent them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they would rent us these cars. We couldn't afford a car, so they would rent us at low, low prices, like three hundred dollars a month. A month, and we would have a brand new car to drive around. But what they didn't know is we didn't change oil in that car. Well, no, for they 20, would. They would. Miles. They would want you to come back and be like, "Hey, every three thousand miles, come back and we'll change the oil." But that wasn't our job. But we were always gone. And and irresponsibly, we must, have, Matt, we must put hundred thousand miles on that Nissan. No, there. it was like thirty thousand. And the guy, when we went to bring the car back, he was like, "You are not allowed to rent any more cars here." I mean, we burnt we burnt the seats in it with cigarettes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we smoked so many cigarettes in this Nissan rental car. That's why we were afraid to take it back. 
Yeah, because we were to like, get an oil gonna, it's going to smell like cigarettes, they and they're pumped. not going to. You need to, to bring this car back for an oil change. Yeah, we'll get it in. But we were afraid to bring it back because we had smoked so many cigarettes in it and burnt like four holes in the seats. Yeah. That we were afraid to bring it back to them. And um, when we finally did, they took it back and wouldn't let us rent anything again. Yeah. Yeah, th- they did. Thank you, Nissan. Yeah. It was a great car, though. I will tell you that. It was a good car. It was. It got us from A to B a many a time. Yeah. Many a time. And we went back up there, and there wasn't anything all that memorable about it when, when me and Henry and and Pat and Todd went up there. Uh, we just went up there and played our gig. And then... We got two dates. We got we got booked four more dates. Yeah, t- yeah, two more trips. Two more trips, and we went back during con- during the Manny. Uh, no, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, yeah, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight, and they were showing that fight in the lounge. In the lounge, John Connolly was playing in the main room. Uh huh, and. This fight was going in the lounge, and so we go down there so we can see, because they said immediately... When the fight ends. Second the fight's done. It doesn't matter if he gets knocked out or if it goes the distance. You need to be ready to play right then. Right then. So we go down to, to, watch, go the fight. to watch the fight, so, we'll, so we're in the lounge and ready to go. And they go, uh-uh. Well, what do you think you're doing? All right, well, we're... You know, going in here to watch this fight. So, so when so we'll it's, be ready to play when it's over. Oh, yeah. I mean, not unless you buy a ticket. Not unless you buy a ticket, you're not going to watch. And we're like, are you, <laughs> you kidding? We don't, we don't give we don't give a damn about this Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor Conor McGregor fight that's going on. And you're wanting us to buy a ticket when we're your band, and you're wanting us to be on stage when this ends. And we were like, well, you have somebody that'll just let us call up to our room when it's done, then. And nope. Uh, nope. No, you're just no, gonna have, have to find to, a way, you know. You'll either, either stand outside pay. here or or pay or something. So I call up Jeff Hope with Tough Coat. <laughs> yeah. And I go, Jeff, are you watching the fight tonight? He goes, Yeah, yeah, I am. Or we they were all over at a friend of ours house. Yeah. And I said, Is there any way that you can FaceTime me so I can see this fight so when it ends, we can run downstairs and get on stage? So they did. They did. After the lady, if you remember, I said, well, can I get in then if I can't, if I can't watch the fight, can I just get in to get my guitar so I can go and change the strings? And she goes, no, you can't. And I said, well, you won't stop me from that. You can call security and they can have me escorted out of here. I will get my guitar off this stage. I'm going to change my strings and you won't tell me what to do. And she got real mad about that. Yeah. And I walked in anyway and I got my guitar. That, that was that was, that was the last booking. Trip. That was the booking agent. Yeah, the dude. booking agent did it. So Matt sent her. Uh, no, the West ain't even near done. Cole's trying to jump ahead in this story. So we we hop we hop downstairs as soon as this fight uh, gets done, and we run down there to get in, and we get all set up. You know, people are in there kind of shuffling around, and we're like, "Are you ready?" And they said, "Oh no no no, we got to wait for everybody to leave before y'all can start." Oh yeah, they and they're like, it, tell, "Come on, come on, out. get out!" So the man can start get out. I have never seen a casino in my life that wanted to run off people they ran, from their entertainment. They took three to four hundred people and kicked them out of the lounge so we could start and try to get them back. <laughs> Herded I'm, them like cattle out. I'm like, "Are you? You got to be kidding me!" Well, it pissed me off so much that I told Matt, "I'm not playing electric guitar this set. I'm playing acoustic." And we only had fifteen minutes left. Yeah. 
That's all. The fight lasted so long that we only had 15 minutes. They, that was a stipulation. They're like, you just got to play still until you're supposed to be done, yeah. which only was 15 minutes left by the time they herded everybody out. I got up and I did Gentle on My Mind. I did For the Good Times by Ray Price. And I think I did another Glenn Campbell song or two. When we get off stage, this lady is so infuriated. There is a woman in the crowd that she did the booking at another casino. The initial casino that I played with the very first band that I was talking about on our crazy run, she did the booking for that casino. And it was about 140 miles over in North Dakota. She sets Matt down and goes, I wouldn't, you couldn't get me to book your band at my casino with the way you guys just did. And Matt goes, you couldn't afford us to come play your casino. I did tell her that. Because he goes, because we won't ever be back here again in this state if Uh -uh. we can help it. And this lady proceeds to just keep going on. Well, let me tell you why you this and that. And finally, I said, you know what? You can just cram that right up your ass. And I walked off. Well, Kelly, our No, then she got on to me. And if you remember, I told her. I I told her to go get effed. <laughs> and we walked, and, and Matt's already left from telling her what he told her. And then she went on and on, and I was trying to be friendly. I finally said, you know, I said, ma'am, you can go F yourself. I'm, I'm getting out of here. I turn and leave, and she is, like, in disbelief that we've told her this. After she has been literally raising her voice, yelling about how terrible our show was. The last 15 minutes. You need to be doing some effing ACDC in your set and doing this. And I'm like, okay, well, you can go up yourself. I'm leaving. I leave. And as I turn around, Kelly looks and he goes, "Uh, well, uh, well, I guess it's been nice to meet you. And he shakes her hand. (laughs) And walked off. And she shook his hand. And Kelly walked off with us and left this woman there. And we go up to our room. We had the room for that night. And... They gave us our check, and I cashed that check, and I already had an email I had been writing, and as soon as they paid me my last $100 bill out of that check, I pressed send on this on this email. Telling this booking agent that we would never be, she could cancel the we next had, trip. Yeah, yeah, we had a trip up there during the winter time, and I was like, there isn't, there isn't enough money for her to pay me to go back up to Watertown, South Dakota. And I told her, I was like, you are the rudest and weirdest people I have ever met in my entire life. And I have played I have played massive casinos in Las Vegas, Nevada, and you guys are running a shit show down here. There was a gentleman that looked at me and said, you know, hey, uh, with all, you know, all the acts that we get, I bet this is really putting a dent, you know, in Las Vegas, huh? And, and we he was high. being 110% serious. Their little their little 600-seat showroom in the middle of a 30,000, 40,000-seat town, that guy truly thought that they were putting a dent in Las Vegas' Vegas business. Vegas was suffering. Yeah, because and of And we them. Would just looked at him, and we were like, no. No, not it's at all. not. Not even remotely, is it? And he's like, wow. Huh? And I don't it, think so. And I was, I was like, just no. like, man, that's these, no, we that's, don't. that's these folks that are coming uh, out here, their mindset. And so, anyways, we were supposed to spend the night there, and I could, I, we, none of us could spend the night there. Kelly had some weird sex dungeon room that they had given him. It was all black, and it was like black lights in it, and that had hearts. Weird. I feel like on the walls. It was super weird. Yeah, it was super, uh, super, super weird. 
So, anyways, yeah, we we had the room for the night, and because we had a thirteen or fourteen hour drive. Yeah, and at that time we weren't driving a Nissan because they had already taken the Nissan from us. We were were in the Choo Choo Express. We were in the Choo Choo Express, and the Choo Choo Express, ladies and gentlemen, two thousand one GMC Safari van, two thousand or two thousand one with the Choo Choo package. With the Choo Choo package that they had done out. I mean, had a TV in it. It had mood lights. It was a real shebang we we knocked back about a hundred thousand miles in that yeah. choo-choo express uh-huh. thanks to mr joe swopes yep he yep. uh he hooked that up and uh he did so it was about two in the morning at this point and we all looked at one another and said one of us said i i don't think we can i can even stay at this another place. night here uh and kelly's like I, I'm, I'm down to drive if y'all are <laughs> And we are all like, we're all down to leave. So we went to our hotel room, packed our bags, met back downstairs in the hotel lobby. And about 15 minutes after that, we walked out to our van and we threw all our music equipment in there. And we drove 13 hours home starting at 2 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. We just turned on the truck driving tombs. And we had money at that time, so we bought a carton of cigarettes. We took to smoking and driving and listening. And drinking coffee. Listening to to truck truck country. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how you, that right there, that's how you tour. That's how you do a Midwest tour. That ain't about band rehearsals and playing good music. It's about knowing how at 2 and 30 in the morning, after you've been treated like dog shit at a hotel, casino in South Dakota, it's about knowing, it's about having that extra strength when all the other guys stop and get a motel on the side of the interstate to truck you on back home 13 hours while listening to Jerry Reed and Red Simpson. That's paying the dues, ladies and gentlemen. That's what what we call paying the dues. It ain't being out on a bus. So there you go, South Dakota, folks. South Dakota. That's the episode, really. It is. And I would like to tell you, we have, I don't believe we've played again in South Dakota. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, the, the only reason we've even remotely driven through South Dakota is because we had to get back from playing a freaking arena in where was that at? Washington, Washington, I think, or Oregon or somewhere with Justin Moore. Yeah. Yeah, and we had to go we had to go through there. I do want to make I want to make note though. If it wasn't for South Dakota, we probably wouldn't have ate that week. No. And if it wasn't for Tough Coat, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And I want to remind you guys one time, because I've said it before, there ain't nothing finer if you're looking for the very best spray-in bed liner. We want to take a moment. Thank that sponsor, Tough Coat. That's T-U-F-F-C-O-A-T, if you want to look it up. They're in Bentonville, Arkansas. Got 20 years of experience, and they continue to make a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat is the only place to go if you're looking for a spray-in bed liner. The custom tumbler cups. Yeah, you know the Stanley Cups that everybody's drinking out of these days. Yeah, they make them. And waterproofing. So make sure, go to toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039 and just ask them about their cups. If you guys are looking for some cups, they do a Reeves Brothers Brothers of the Road podcast cup. They do. Uh, they'll do any custom cup with your logo on it or a picture, whatever you want. Uh, so make sure and hook that up because when you're doing it with them, you're helping us. And let them know the Reeves Brothers sent you that way. That is right, y'all. One more time, I want to remind you that uh, if y'all enjoy the show and you want to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers and choosing one of our monthly packages. Or you can leave a review for our podcast wherever you're listening to Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Spotify. Go on there. Drop a five-star if you think it's five-star. If you think it's one-star, give us a one-star. We're not looking for your sympathy. We're just looking for 
a review. That's so true. So go ahead, write a review. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, yeah. And if they don't like any of that, Matt, what can they do? Well, they can uh, just spread the message. God spread bless Texas. Texas. No, spread the message. Just share uh, share this with one of your friends or coworkers or or fifty of your friends and fifty of your coworkers. Yeah. It don't matter to us. Yeah. As long as the word's getting out. Yeah, get the word out on us, O Neaters, everybody. Uh, I don't know uh, if y'all are heading home right now, but we are, so cue the music. We're brothers up the road. We lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on Silver side of us on through.